Hey listeners, welcome to the Learn to Co with Me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you that you can get the show notes for this episode and every other episode at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast player you listen on. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a review would be awesome too. Here's a quick word from our sponsors who help make the show possible. Flyer School's online web developer program focuses on community, actual development tools, and features a curriculum that will teach you the skills you need to land a career as a software engineer. Get $500 off your first month by visiting flatironbootcampprep.com. Want to transition from dead-end job to dream job? FullStack Academy is one of the nation's top coding boot camps with the curriculum, the career guidance, and most importantly, the community support to get you from where you are to where you want to be. FullStack Academy, everything you need to land your dream job in tech. Check them out at fullstackacademy.com. In today's episode, I talk with Chris Castiglione, co-founder and CEO of One Month. We talk about what cryptocurrency is, what opportunities it's creating in terms of jobs, and what the future of crypto is likely to hold. Chris Castiglione is the co-founder and CEO of One Month and a professor at Columbia University Business School. He teaches online and in-person classes on coding, digital literacy, and cryptocurrency. And he's passionate about using education to inspire positive change. Chris also hosts a podcast and has written several online publications. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, Lawrence, how's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going well. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah. So you have so much interesting experience to talk about, and I know we could talk about a thousand things today in this interview, but what I really want to dive into later is cryptocurrency in particular. To be honest, I never thought I would be talking about crypto and Bitcoin on the show, but it is such a hot and like booming topic right now. I feel like it really can't be ignored. And of course, you have a class on it over at one month. So definitely excited to get into that later in the interview. But first, I really want to dive into your background. How did you first get interested in technology? In technology? Um, I never really was that interested in technology until um, I was interested in music. I was a music major, and I just – I really wanted – uh, I had this problem I wanted to solve. It was, I guess I was like sophomore year of college, and I just really wanted people to hear my music more. <laughs> and so um, I, I started, I, you know, it was just, so I'm dating myself a little here, but this is around the time of Napster. And I was just blown away by just this idea that you could reach so many people instantly around the world by just putting something on the internet. It was just this crazy idea to me. And I, I'm, I'm still like humbled and amazed, like I think by that because, you know, around 2002, I was in college and stuff. Um, so I just, I just really had this problem I wanted to solve where I was like, how do I make this happen for my music? And I just started asking questions and reading books and, and digging into it and um, taught myself how to code. And I, and I built I built a website that did, you know, just, it's right now it's a basic website. It's kind of like SoundCloud, but I built kind of like a SoundCloud player so that I could uh, stream music online. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. 
that's how it started. Ah, that's really interesting. And you're one of many guests that I've had on that have a background in music. I think it's really, uh, yeah, I think it's really common for people to start off in music in one way or another and then move into technology. So I'm curious, what instrument like did you play or was it multiple instruments or what were you doing with music yeah i played i played a lot of instruments but i guess my main one that i was good at was guitar i played classical guitar and piano um yeah and i was i was an audio recording major i had a job in new york city during the summers doing um doing like audio engineering for some bands and stuff and uh and i just thought that was the coolest thing ever um yeah but then it bridged to tech i don't know everything became technology at some point <laughs> yeah yeah so that's okay so you start off in music and then you built this like player online that was you you basically built soundcloud no just kidding a version junkiest version ever <laughs> 2002 version so so you built like some music player online and then one thing led to another and okay well okay there has to be some things though between starting one month right uh so so like 10 years so so like how involved were you in technology then after that point and like what kind of things were you doing like what kind of yeah like what kind of projects were you working on or were you working yeah. full-time um so yeah so the, the music path does lend similarities to being a web developer because i i found that like the qualities of i wanted to like tour the world and like make money and i don't know just like have my own schedule and creativity as a musician and i found that wow you know i had this magical power where i could make websites and i didn't even realize it was that it wasn't cool like back then it wasn't like cool but people definitely needed this job so um so out of college i just you know i learned and was able to get some good consulting gigs where i could work on restaurant websites was like the first niche that I did. I'd make restaurant websites. And I don't know, like people, I put together a little portfolio online and, and I was getting work and it was like the coolest thing because I don't know, I, I, I got to travel around a lot and I didn't have to get a nine to five job, which to me was like what I really didn't want to do. So, um, so yeah, I was so, like, just like self-learning and, and just got deep into like, just got really excited about creating things with code. So that was that was pretty much my path for about six or seven years as I was just working on websites, making websites, web apps, all that kind of stuff. Wow. So you were like a digital nomad before that maybe became like a term people use. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I guess so. I lived in Japan and Asia and Amsterdam and yeah, it was it was a great opportunity. Yeah. So did you travel for the entire six years or were you kind of like going back and forth from like the United States to different countries? I traveled most most of it yeah like most of my 20s i was i was traveling uh, back and forth definitely but like it felt like most of it yeah so i had no idea that you had done this and i had no idea we were gonna talk about this but i also know it's something that so many listeners and people who follow learn to code me want to do they want to learn how to build websites so, so they can work remotely and maybe travel or do other things so so you were doing that for like most of your 20s, which is a, which is a considerably long time. Uh, what made you decide to kind of 
like give that lifestyle up or kind of maybe or maybe you still travel a lot i don't know yeah <laughs> well i i do um but but yeah i think i think the thing was um i mean there was definitely parts in there where i would work at an agency for a year which i thought was like a really in in retrospect was a really good way to um level like learn from different people and get some some just like advice for people listening like it was helpful to to work on a project for like a long period of time and then lots of short ones only because some of the bigger names really helped boost the freelance aspect of it you know so it's like if you get to work with a big game client anyway like that was like my biggest learning that i didn't even know i was trying to do um but i was so i was doing that for a while and at some point I swear, like, I hope this doesn't sound pretentious, but at some point, I just felt like things could be better than than my managers or, like, than, like, people were managing money or... I just felt like there was, like, more... Because we were... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We were making products sometimes that would go out in the world, and they would either never be used or break, right? And, like, and just suffer. And it was just really painful to me because I was... I had, I had switched to working with a lot of nonprofits, um, in DC, and the thing was, like, they're raising money, and like, this everybody's dream, or it's a lot of people. It was my dream to like, all right, now I'm gonna help nonprofits, donation buttons, raise money, build email lists. Like, it seemed like there was a lot of positivity there, but I also saw a lot of just money being wasted, and this is around 2007, 2008. Um, so I went, I took off to do my master's during that while I was also working. And it was like during that time that I found UX, I guess is what you would say of like, oh, we can test things before we launch them and build them for nine months. Um, and then when I started to learn about that, I just got really excited about the learning process because I felt like, I feel like a lot of money and problems could be solved without code. And so that's kind of the path I started going down the education route from there. Okay. Okay. That's, that's yeah. I'm seeing the whole picture coming, coming together here. So you began to learn more about UX. You began to become more interested in education. So what led you then to creating one month, uh, you know, an online course platform? Yeah. So, um, so we created one month, me and my co-founder, Matan, both of us were self-starters, we had both taught ourselves how to code, and we had both seen, like, the impact that even putting, like, a month on, you know, a few hours every week on the calendar, you can do some amazing things. At the same time, a lot of the educational materials, this is around 2012 when we were starting, they just weren't really great. There wasn't, there wasn't that much out there. We thought it was like it spoke over people's heads. So our whole idea was, let's create really high quality content that, that feels like you're hanging out with somebody at the bar. Was like kind of what we'd always say. Like somebody's maybe having a drink, like a friend, and just like showing you how to get, you know, like the eighty twenty rule. Just like how to get like eighty percent of the good stuff first, not having to wait, you know, and go through all the boring stuff. So. We created our first class about Ruby on Rails called One Month Rails, and um, yeah, and it was it was just like a huge huge success at the time. Um, and from there, we just kept making more classes. Yeah, so I actually took that class, <laughs> One Month Rails. Nice. Yeah, back yeah. in I think 2013 when yeah. I first started uh, learning, and I and I remember I think at the time you guys only had that course, maybe one other, or it was just that one at the time. So it's definitely been interesting to see you guys grow and evolve. And of course, you have uh, multiple courses now on 
you know, on one month. But yeah, I definitely, I, I do remember. You guys were some, you guys were, I had early uh, exposure, I think, to, to you guys. Yeah. yeah. So you still work at one month, or you're still running, what, one month today, I should say. Uh, and okay, I, I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about some of the other courses you have. And I also want to talk about cryptocurrency, right? So you have this range of courses on one month. You have crypto, uh, a course in Learn Bitcoin and Ethereum. So, you know, obviously it's about cryptocurrency. What sort of, I guess, okay, so I kind of have two questions. So, like, no, you know what? Let's just stick to cryptocurrency. I'm just going to do one. What led to you to get interested in cryptocurrency? Well, I think I'm like you in the way, when I, when I started, I don't know how to start saying this. Um, at first, I didn't, when I first heard about Bitcoin, I didn't really think, all that much of it. This is around 2013, and um, we had just started doing Y Combinator, and when I went out to live in Silicon Valley, and I don't know, like it seemed cool, but it didn't. I didn't quite get it, and I think it took me a good six months of hanging around with people that really saw the vision of it to get me excited. And at some point, it just clicked. Like the more that I learned about the power that it had, I think for me, you know, specifically about putting power in the hands of people not having to deal with middlemen like banks you know cutting down fees and also the ability that it had to really uh, impact other countries um you know that's strong you know so we don't it doesn't necessarily apply some people ask like you know what your 60 seconds will begin at the sound of the bottom.